0: She's still alive.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> the very first comment is, this is this stock footage? And it turns out that, yes, it is.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, it, it indeed is. You know what's funny?
1: Um, World War II? No. Yeah, you're right. <laughs>
0: uh, John Holmes's character in this film is named mm-hmm. Joe Murray. Yeah. Joe Murray is also the name of the creator of Rocco's Modern Life.
1: Oh. That is funny. <laughs> I think his parents saw this and they're like, name him that. Probably not. When did probably this come out? Probably
0: not. Uh, this came out in eighty
1: That's correct. That's what the that's what the, the Yeah the case says.
0: The Rocco's modern life guy was born in nineteen sixty one, so they that probably sense. did not see it before this. They might have seen it after. I don't know. They might.
1: He, Retroactively have... changed his name when he was like 20.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was uh, 19 years old and they said, Joe, your new name is Joe. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't he, think about that.
1: And he's like, well, that's fine. I won't have to <laughs> get my address updated or anything like that. I don't have to change my name. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You ever have those days where your mom walks into your room and tells you that she's changing your name and then gives you your name again?
1: Uh, No. <laughs> I've had my mom, my brother was concerned she was losing her mind because he opened up the microwave once and there was just a bowl of like dog food in there. <laughs> it was for the dog. I don't know why he thought that that was... I guess it was in the microwave. Maybe he thought she was eating it. Um, my mom has walked into my room... A lot, not anymore because I don't live with her for the right. time being, um, you know. But I might be coming up on a depression, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, even when the door's locked, she's twisting the knob. She's like, "What are you doing in there? What's going on?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "Jesus Christ! I need to live somewhere else so I can <laughs> masturbate in peace."
0: Oh boy.
1: And that was all probably when I was, like, 22, so... Oh, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, it was tough. Don't stay at home. Get out of your parents' house.
0: Yeah, I moved out when I was 19, I think. Yeah. I think 19.
1: I've had a full life.
0: Yeah. But I then, I had to get out. It was time.
1: Yeah, I've been coddled, and look at me now.
0: <laughs> well, like, something to note there is that I... Shared a room with my little brother from the time that he was born when I was nine mm-hmm. uh until I moved out of my
1: mom's house so so he was like ten nine when you moved out,
0: yeah, something like that that's rough uh, you
1: definitely can't masturbate in peace under yeah, those conditions it's,
0: it's very difficult uh to masturbate. When you're sharing a bedroom with uh, somebody who's 10 years younger than you.
1: Yeah, they wouldn't understand.
0: Yeah, um, you know, you know how it is. Sometimes you sometimes you just got to wait until it's time to take a shower. or Sometimes you just got to, you know, try to be clandestine.
1: I guess that's true. <laughs>
0: uh, so uh, welcome once again to the Raincoat <laughs> Report. Uh, This is Boss with Jeremy once again. How you there? We're here to talk to you about Golden Age adult film.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to do that right now.
0: Yes. So uh, just a reminder to everybody, follow us on social media at Raincoat Report on Twitter and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you need to email us, raincoatreport at gmail.com. Tell all your friends about us. Uh, If you want to help us out. All you have to do is subscribe to us through your favorite podcast platform, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts, but on any platform that allows you to do so, rate us and review us. It helps us get noticed by more people. And the more people that listen to us, the more good stuff we'll be able to uh, put out in the world. So do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you cowards <laughs> my dealer um also like promotes bands And oh, he yeah offered to uh help promote us in some way um but i'm really taking up on it because <laughs> i don't know i feel like there's a difference between promoting like your uh death metal band and uh a porno podcast he said he'd appear on it as well but i can't imagine (laughs) that going well first of all we only have the two microphones so there's really you know it's just a it's a two-man show um and that is i don't think he has like the focus or the dedication to really incisively comment on classic porn
0: yeah it's uh it's a dirty job but somebody's got to do it and yeah. maybe
1: your dealer isn't the right person yeah he said to go on to facebook and do it but i don't really know how like i have enough trouble just posting stuff on instagram that doesn't get like zapped by like the robots i can't right. imagine <laughs> things would be better for me there but uh, i don't know but we could probably attract more like boomers or something people yeah. who might have <laughs> been like oh i remember those porno films we used to Go down to the corner and pay a nickel, and we jack off.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: So there's something, maybe you know.
0: I mean, uh, it's an untapped audience. I yeah. will say that, based on the current analytics as of the time we're recording this, uh, our listenership is highly concentrated in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that nobody over. Li- do you over- think they're
1: listening like ironically? Perhaps. Okay, I hope not.
0: <laughs> I think that uh, I don't know. They they're probably listening to it to make fun of us.
1: Oh yeah, probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so today we're going to talk about uh, the 1980 film *Prisoner of Paradise*, starring John C. Holmes as Joe Murray. Yeah. Uh,
1: Creator of Rocco's Modern Life.
0: Creator of Rocco's Modern Life. Um, This was directed, uh, the directorial credit is to Gail Palmer and Bob Chin. According to Bob Chin in his interview on the Rialto Report, Mm -hmm. Gail Palmer did not have anything to do with it. Um, She has a small role in the film.
1: Yeah, she's a lady of the night. Yeah. Which I don't even remember seeing her.
0: I didn't see her on the first uh go around, but I was looking for her specifically and mm-hmm. you can see her in like one shot basically.
1: Why do you think that how did she get that credit?
0: Um I think that just because she like already had a producer and director credit, she's just going to get the on-screen credit too.
1: Well, I mean like just like but if she didn't really direct, how did she get that Uh-oh. credit?
0: Uh, Bob Chin said that she was the front woman for Caribbean Films who put this out, and she was going to go like make appearances promoting it and stuff. So he was happy to uh, allow her to have that as a as a co credit.
1: Okay, but was that like a a fraud? Was it like a grift? She did she do it?
0: Um, she, as far as I know, yeah. Okay. Well. Bob Chin didn't like then complain about her not doing it, oh, so I assume that she good. did. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, reading about, uh, Gail Palmer a bit, it's questionable what she did, because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of accusations that she didn't really do anything. Right. Um, but she has a lot, she has several, like, writing credits and stuff. Uh, I don't know. If nothing else, she was a PR piece.
1: Okay, I mean. And that's good. Yeah, that's good. Get the movies out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She was one of the few female names that were out there as a director in the time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unlike Roberta Finley, it looks like maybe she wasn't directing
1: things. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> um,
0: but, like, I don't know. All I know is Bob Chin said she definitely didn't direct this. So the other films, maybe she had more of involvement. I don't know. But yeah, Bob Chen also directed this. Director of Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film has a very different tone, but uh, you know, it's a it's a mostly competent film for what it is. Yeah, uh, thoroughly rooted in the Nazi exploitation genre. Yeah, uh, although not nearly as like grimy and exploitation-y as a
1: yeah. They cut away during like I feel like a lot of like the scenes of like S and M type stuff that they would yeah. normally show.
0: Yeah, uh, there's, yeah, there's, like, you can see a woman bent over, like, and you can see the guy who's doing the whipping, but you don't actually see a whipping.
1: Right. So. It's kind of a little prudish.
0: <laughs> right. Um, but this film stars, of course, John C. Holmes, who we had also seen in Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls. Um, this is a very different film era for john holmes even though this is only a year or two later john holmes at this point was had a pretty crazy drug problem
1: yeah um mostly cocaine okay yeah
0: but like a
1: lot of cocaine sure what
0: Uh, eventually at some point crack i don't know that this is a crack period but you know before he died he was on crack at some point I watched the documentary uh, WAD, The Life and Times of John Seam Holmes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it was made in 99, I believe. Okay. And it was an interesting view into John Holmes' life. But there are three key things that I would say that uh, are pretty inexcusable about John Holmes's character.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are those?
0: Well, okay. So there are three. Um, oh, yeah. One, uh, he was involved in some way, shape, or form with the Wonderland murders. Okay. Um, It seems like, if nothing else, he had come up with the target, so to speak. You know, he... I don't know. And maybe he was involved, too. There's some questions about that, but...
1: That's why we don't revere him as a teacher.
0: Right. (laughs) Um, Secondly, he... um, He groomed a 15-year-old girl, ended up having sex with her. Of course. And then eventually, as his drug problem got worse, he prostituted her out. Excellent. Uh, And uh, that seemed pretty uncool of him.
1: Yeah. Uh, Gotta get your crack, I guess.
0: (laughs) I guess. uh, I would, I don't know. I would like to think that I wouldn't do that, but I've never had a crack problem. Yeah. And I feel like that drastically changes your moral compass.
1: Oh, definitely. Just, <laughs> just a little bit of exposure I had when I did work at the psych hospital to people with, like, hard drug addictions. Right. Just uh, fairly, very morally complex people. I could general. imagine.
0: <laughs> um, and then the final thing is that he was diagnosed as HIV positive, And after he was diagnosed as HIV positive, he flew to Italy and shot some porn. Okay. Uh without telling anybody that he was HIV positive.
1: I was I wasn't with you on the first half, but when you followed it up with his actions afterwards, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's not so great."
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> like
1: we can't just condemn people for having HIV, but
0: No, of course not.
1: You definitely shouldn't spread it uh with abandon.
0: Yeah, his uh from what they were talking about in the documentary, his attitude towards it was, "Well, we're all going to die of AIDS anyway." Uh, which is not a very sound line of reasoning
1: i mean we're we're not all we go- I mean we 're all going to die
0: well I think it was we're more,
1: not all going to die of AIDS
0: I think it was more the porn people were all going to die of AIDS, okay, not necessarily just, just everybody
1: uh but it 's still a bad attitude,
0: yeah, especially since you know. Certainly, being able to look back in hindsight, all of the porn people didn't die of AIDS. No. They definitely, as a population, got hit pretty hard. Right. And, you know, that's tragic. And, of course, John himself eventually died. Mm-hmm. Um, But there were more people who survived it than didn't.
1: Right. It wasn't. It didn't just wipe them out. Right. Like he had planned, apparently.
0: Right. You know, from what they were talking about in the documentary, like once he got diagnosed, they were like, you know, you might live another 20 years if you Mm -hmm. stop doing drugs and drinking and smoking and uh, take care of yourself and eat right. And he just kind of doubled down on everything. Mm -hmm. So
1: that sucks. What year did he die? Uh,
0: 87.
1: Okay. Okay. That was the year I was born. Do you think it's possible on a reincarnation of John Holmes? uh perhaps okay we'll look into it i hope not he doesn't seem so great
0: yeah he's not the best but what i felt is. i felt the need to highlight those things before i go back and start praising him in other ways yeah uh he is on screen a very charismatic character um there are very differing accounts to his behavior certainly once his drug problem was at a high he did some really really shitty things mm-hmm. um but in his earlier years there were some people who said that you know he was a really nice guy and funny and all of that there were other people who said that he was an asshole and full of himself so who knows well but on screen he was a very charismatic character Um, And in different roles, he could really capture, uh, you know, different characterizations of things. He just Mm kind of had a natural charisma and having a 13 and a half inch penis certainly helps. Yeah. Um, Doesn't hurt. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So for Prisoner of Paradise specifically, Bob Chen's idea was that he was going to put on this as kind of a working vacation for John to get out of LA where his drugs were just at his fingertips and, Mm -hmm. uh, he could get them at any time. He kind of noticed that John was becoming unreliable and it was getting bad, his addiction. So they thought that maybe by going to Kwai, um, where Bob Chen had grown up Mm -hmm. or, you know, spent some early years at least. Did you say Kauai? Yeah, in Hawaii. Hawaii. Kauai is a place in Hawaii.
1: Kauai, Hawaii. Oh, okay. They have that, that, that. Are you sure? Give me um, an atlas.
0: Yeah, K-A-U-A-I.
1: Okay, I've heard of that.
0: It's part of the Hawaiian Archipelago, according to Google.
1: Mm. <laughs> All right, if Google says it, I'll believe it.
0: Yeah. It knows more than you do.
1: That's for sure.
0: Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, the idea was to get him away from all those bad that bad environment. So, they brought him in, and it's uh, was it was John Holmes' last film with Bob Chin. Bob Chen decided afterwards that he would never work with John again. It just um, wasn't
1: worth the trouble anymore, I no. guess. No,
0: and I mean he. There there was a reputation that John Holmes mm-hmm. had for being hard to work with from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with his ego and the fact that...
1: By like, ego, you mean giant penis? Uh,
0: I mean, perhaps ego inspired by his giant penis. Yes. Um, but he was very full of himself. And also, he seemed to be like a just a habitual liar. Just about small things. He was one of those people that just lied about everything. Uh, You know, especially when it came to like his past and stuff, he just made up all kinds of stories, but Mm -hmm. he was a difficult person anyway, but him and Bob Chen had a pretty good relationship for the most part. Um, But, you know, on this one, it was too much. Uh, Reportedly, Bob Chen at one point had to flush John's drugs down the toilet. And, you know, he, kind of had to get in get in his face and be like, hey, we need to get through with this shoot, and then we can move on with our lives. Right. So uh, everything wasn't great behind the scenes, but I wouldn't say that you'd necessarily tell in this film. Yeah. On, what ends up on screen seems pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, John's performance is pretty subtle at most times, but I feel like that's what the script called for.
1: I've, kind of got like an impression that he didn't feel like super committed to um this particular character but that might be because he was craving cocaine the entire time i could see that and also probably annoyed that the director flushed it down the toilet
0: (laughs) probably uh i will say that it doesn't look like his dick got all the way hard in this film
1: no i would yeah i'd agree with that it's very um it's very thick and full but it's not quite of uh of a rigidness
0: right uh yeah i think that uh i think that that might be cocaine related
1: probably uh
0: so yeah there's there's a lot going on with this film that being said i mean it's a it's a fairly well made film and we'll get our way through that um so let's let's go ahead and move on let's talk about prisoner of paradise
1: i have been a loyal party member it is true, I am pure. So why is this? Why is my brilliance wasted here on some remote island, monitoring American radio communications? But at least here I have the authority, power, and I have the girls. Mine duty is here, mein Führer. Hail Hitler!
0: Well, let's talk about Prisoner of Paradise. So, Prisoner of Paradise opens with a shot of the ocean and title credits. Gail Palmer's Prisoner of Paradise. Uh, we see Joe Murray, played by John Holmes, washing up on a shore, pulling a dinghy with him. We cut to see some flashbacks of boats at sea. Uh, this is obvious stock footage right. of some World War Two. Yeah. Uh, naval combat.
1: Uh, from the film Tora, Torah Tora, Tora as, it, <laughs> as it turns out. Uh, I've never seen it, but if you watch AMC on Memorial Day or something, it'll probably be on.
0: <laughs> so we get the impression that Joe was on a ship that got torpedoed uh, and you know, washed up on the shore. He finds a footlocker and busts it open, and he finds a few things, some... Uh, twine and some other stuff a knife um then we see him just kind of going around the island and sulking and getting coconuts and stuff like that but we start to see flashbacks of john uh of joe played by john Mm -hmm. holmes we get to see some flashbacks of joe murray in japan
1: is he in japan because he's kind of like in a i think it's it's Chinese.
0: Is it Chinese? I think well, it was like a, a Japanese charm.
1: I don't really know, and I don't think anyone really cared. Maybe, but it looks. I like,
0: thought he uh, was in. All right. Well, let, let's say this. He's in,
1: he's in East Asia. East Asia.
0: Yeah.
1: North, South, East, West. Never
0: eat shredded wheat. Never. Camera eat.
1: woman, man. No, that's not it. Oh, I'm um, dumber <laughs> than the president. Help. <laughs> Person, woman, man, camera, TV. What? That's um. He did like a cognitive test, a test for like Alzheimer's. And right? that was like something that was on the test. And if you remembered it, oh. you got extra points according to him. And every <laughs> the doctors weren't all that he could remember like, those five <laughs> words. Which at this point, messing them up once. I don't know. I don't like to admit that I'm not smarter than him, but maybe.
0: I don't know. I don't feel like there are a lot of doctors out there that get surprised by people's performance on a cognitive test.
1: Yeah. Also, he probably didn't have about eight beers before he tried to (laughs) remember remember it. Okay, I just took a sip. I'm going to do it again. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. And this will be irrelevant by the time you hear this because he will have said some other sort of crazy nonsense.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we're flashing back to Asia (laughs) where John Holmes was before being uh, deployed out to the boat that got torpedoed. And we get to see a little bit of his relationship with Sue Lee. He uh, gets some flowers and brings them to her. Suli is upset that he has to go. You know, he tells her that he loves her and she's the most important thing to him, and he'll only be gone for, I believe it's 60 days. 60 days. Is 60 what he days. Says. So they end up having sex. Uh, they're in this bed that has like this canopy above it, but it's like. A canopy from like one point in the middle So it looks kind of like one of those mosquito nets mm-hmm. Around the bed Yes They do it And he goes down on her Sucks on her nipples Mounts her missionary um,
1: It's a pretty good sex scene uh, He does do like A french kiss where he licks like around the lips Oh yeah A couple he, times Yeah
0: he gets his tongue in between her gums and
1: her lips Yeah um, I don't know how good that feels.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like it's probably more awkward than anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like if I was making out with somebody and they did that, I would allow it to happen, but I would like be thinking about it for several days later. <laughs>
1: uh, I wouldn't
0: say anything, but I would think about it.
1: Why didn't you call me back? Uh, <laughs> because you kiss like John Holmes. <laughs>
0: Uh, they're doing this thing where, while they're having missionary sex, she's kind of pulsating her pelvis, and so you know you get that that uh, that second uh, stroke going on in yeah. addition to his stroke. At one point, he's kind of stopped inside her, and he she just kind of rocks back and forth like a half inch at a time. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. And uh, the scene ends with them kind of kissing and moaning as they finish.
1: So John finished inside of her. I saw that. I think it's our first real cream pie. I don't know. Um, perhaps. There definitely weren't any impulsating flesh.
0: There weren't any impulsating flesh.
1: Or corruption.
0: There was a, a missing orgasm in um, Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls. Yeah. Uh, where there was kind of a mystery as to where the cum went. He oh, might have yeah. come inside of her. Or he might have just gotten to the point and just backed up and had it spill out onto the bed. We just didn't see. Yeah, onto the dry ground. Yeah, I guess there weren't any in uh, Act of Confession. No. Pretty Peaches, there wasn't any. any. Yeah, I think this is our first cream pie. We don't get to see it in all of its gross glory, but. Right. You know.
1: We need a bell to ring for firsts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we do
1: spilled beer all over my notes so i'm gonna improvise the rest of this
0: (laughs) (laughs) i figured that we wouldn't have gotten sloppy today
1: oh he's getting sloppy when i'm doing this
0: uh okay well anyhow that's the end of that flashback sequence for the most point um so we're cutting back to joe he's just stranded on this island Uh, We see him climbing a tree and cutting down coconuts. We see him bathing under a waterfall, I guess. But the scene starts with him just with his arms outstretched and his dong just hanging there. It seems like he's mostly posing at that point. Yeah. Uh, But then he gets dressed. Uh, We cut to another flashback where Sue Lee, his girlfriend, is upset that he's leaving um she he explains he's only going to be gone for 60 days she says she has something for him and he protests saying she shouldn't spend money on him but she explains it's not something she bought Uh, it's something she's had for a long time and she opens a jewelry box and hands him a charm for good luck she says that buddha will watch over him always hmm So, he tells her that he'll be gone for 60 days, so that's a lot of time to plan. He tells her to buy a white silk kimono because he has a special question to ask her when he gets back. Cool. They make out a bit, and he says that they have to stop because he'll be late, and he says that he'll be back in 60 days and leaves. We see him walking out of the doorway, and he's holding that charm in his hand, and he walks down this alley. Um, The lady of the night played by gail palmer is in this alley
1: okay that's where i figured she was was somewhere in this area but i didn't make a special note of her
0: like you can see her in a few shots she's mostly a background character there's one shot i didn't make a note of exactly where it was but where you can see her face for a few seconds like as a big featured thing in the shot i guess but that's it basically so, yeah, John, Joe's walking down that alley. Um, he light, yeah he lights a cigarette on a piece of wood from a fire mm-hmm. um, and then walks out in the distance. And then we hear some sirens and planes and we cut to some stock footage again. Yep. Um, and then we see the alleyway erupting into flames. So we did see some actual in this movie fire going on here.
1: Yeah, I was, I was impressed.
0: He kind of covers his face with his arms and protection, and then he rushes down the alleyway toward uh, where Sue Lee was. He enters the home to find her in the bed. She's naked, but she's got the ceiling basically collapsed on her, and she is dead. So he holds her in his arms and cries, uh, and then we cut to more stock footage war, st- stock footage, war footage stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Tora 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 was a recreation of the pearl harbor bombing right so maybe he was in hawaii then and like a i don't really perhaps i don't know where he was supposed to be i know it's supposed to be the film in general is set in the pacific theater during world war ii which i don't know if we even mentioned that all this goes on during the 1940s
0: i was pretty sure the characters i was seeing were japanese and they refer to the charm that he has as Japanese. Do they? And he speaks Japanese to the Japanese soldier later. Yeah,
1: he says Konnichiwa to someone, but I was like, that's odd if you're in Chinatown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's supposed to be Japanese, but I, I don't know. I don't think that a lot of uh, attention was put into establishing where it was. Um, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so... We cut back to Joe. He's stranded on the island. We get a song with
1: sad vocals. Oh, yeah, this Randy Newman song about being lonely. <laughs> um, he's
0: uh, cutting coconuts. and
1: He's just sad that there's no one to cream pie on this island.
0: That's Well, that's what he thinks. Yeah. Turns out
1: he was wrong. Oh, yeah.
0: He's cutting coconuts and sitting listless on the beach and walking around naked and trying to spearfish with a branch. And he's drinking from a coconut and making shoes out of clothing. There's just this long montage of him just dicking around on this island, basically. Um, We see him cutting through the brush, and then he spots something in the distance. He sees these two women... Uh, bathing in a creek. Uh, these are...
1: Did we cover that uh, she died? Yes. I, yes. Okay, good. Sorry.
0: Yes. Yeah, so Suli, his girlfriend, at the end of that, that stock footage bombing mm. scene was is, dead. Okay. The ceiling had collapsed on top of her.
1: I and was thinking a lot about Tora, Tora, Torah so I might not have heard you.
0: Yeah, I think you were just looking at stuff on your phone. and
1: I was reading about Torah, Torah, Torah. Right. It's important. I
0: understand. I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying that that's why you didn't hear what I said. Yes. So, yeah, uh, the two women bathing in the stream naked were Ilsa and Greta, our Nazi soldiers. Mm-hmm. We see them get dressed and they walk towards a campsite as Joe kind of creeps behind them. Um, They walk into this building uh, with a Nazi flag and then a Japanese flag on the front, like Mm the uh, World War II era Mm -hmm. sunburst type of Japanese flag. Joe's creeping around uh, outside this building. There's this little shed that's, uh, you know, probably 30 yards away or something like that. He's creeping around that and towards the building, and then he stops and he sees uh, another soldier out there. Uh, There's a Japanese soldier there, a female soldier named Suki, Mm -hmm. who is uh, getting a ladle of water out of a well, and then she picks up her rifle and walks away. Then Joe looks through the window of the main building there after she walks away, and he sees... The two Nazi women he saw before, but he also sees Hans, mm-hmm. played by Elmo Lavino. Yes. Uh, Ilsa and Greta. Ilsa is Seca, mm-hmm. who is a uh, pretty big name of the era. Mm, yeah. And then Greta is Sue Carroll, who is not as big of a name of the yeah, era.
1: Did she do anything else that you know of?
0: Uh I don't think so. Okay. I can't think of anything.
1: Yeah, um,
0: also. uh
1: She's no Seca.
0: Joe's girlfriend Sue Lee was played by May Lin, who's mm-hmm. in a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, so she was in some other Bob Chin films and some uh, other stuff.
0: Uh, there's a film called May Lin versus Serena that's a Carlos Tobalina film. God, uh, where they're in a competition against one another in some way, I guess to be the biggest fuck girl in the world or something. Yeah, I saw there was a I saw a trailer for it and. The two of them were getting just several loads dumped on them in a bathtub,
1: so okay. it's looking great. Yeah, that sounds good. You haven't watched that one yet? Not yet. Okay,
0: we'll uh, keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, I don't. It'll be a while before we get back to Mister Tobolina.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got to get the aftertaste out of your mouth <laughs> from pulsating flesh. Um, so Suki, the uh, Japanese soldier, is played by Jade Wong. Yeah. Who's uh, also a name I've seen before. Yeah,
1: she's in a couple different movies, too, I believe.
0: So, yeah, Joe looks through the window and sees Hans, uh, Greta, and Ilsa in this building. Hans asks, are my girls ready for a little relaxation now? They respond, yeah. We see Suki peek into the shed uh, that Joe had just creeped past. And then she walks back and sits outside the main building. She's on another side of the building than where Joe is, looking through the window. Hans plays some Wagner, and they all zig heil the Nazi flag uh, and
1: Hitler. Yeah, Elmer loses his uh, German accent when he goes heil Hitler. is one of the few times he does, but it was noticeable.
0: So one of the girls asks if they can get the girl... And he says yes, and he's air-conducting to the Wagner that's playing. Uh, Hans is talking to a photo of Hitler. Uh, He's upset because he was devoted, but he had to stay on that island and monitor American radio transmissions. Mm -hmm. But he does say that he's happy that he has power and authority. So the girls pull a woman out of the shed, who is Gloria, played by Brenda Vargo. Uh, they toss her to the ground. Uh, Hans is back into the in the main building. He's like, "And I have the girls," <laughs> he says. "My duty here is to mind Fuhrer. Hail Hitler!"
1: Yeah.
0: Or Heil Hitler. Hail. Yeah.
1: He dropped his accent.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the girls drag in Gloria, and Hans offers her some peppermint schnapps, and she says no. But they urge her, and she finally drinks. She says that she hates them, and they throw her onto the desk and strip her. Mm -hmm. So they demand that Gloria says that she loves the Fuhrer. Uh, So Seika, as Ilsa, she's going down on Gloria. Mm -hmm. And Greta, played by Sue Carroll, is barking orders. She's uh, demanding Ah. that Greta (laughs) says that she loves the Fuhrer. The, the Fuhrer is her leader, her lover.
1: Yeah, and they use the tongue interrogation technique. Yeah. Which I think has mixed results because she kind of vacillates back and forth between saying yes and no yeah. at a uh, random.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah, Ilsa's going down on her and Greta's barking at her. So we cut back to Joe and he walks away from the window as he's watching this tongue interrogation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he walks over to the shed. That uh, Suki had just walked into. He walks into the shed and sees Carol, another prisoner in there, uh, played by Nikki Anderson. Mm-hmm. For POWs, these ladies have great makeup going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets Carol's attention and tells her he's American. And she explains that they're torturing them to death.
1: Violet, you're ruining the podcast.
0: Quit torturing our cats.
1: I'm just doing what I learned from movies.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
1: drop her. She'll land on her feet.
0: Oh, my God. So, yeah, for POWs, these ladies' (laughs) makeup is on point. He gets Carol's attention. He tells her that he's American, and she says that they're torturing them to death. So she explains that there are four of them. Han's ilsa greta and suki Mm -hmm. so joe tells her to stay there and he closes the shed door and heads back to the main building so we cut back to what's going on inside the main building and they're still on the whole love the fuhrer kick uh she's protesting uh and finally they stop and ilsa says that she has shamed them in front of their leader and must be punished so she tells hans to get the whip and Hans whips the prisoner. So, um, we don't actually see the whipping happening so much. We see, no. we hear the whip cracking, and we see shots of uh, Gre- uh, Gloria. Shots of Gloria reacting, and we see Hans throwing the whip forward. But we don't actually see
1: the I explicit see act of whipping. Connecting, yeah.
0: So. Outside Joe sets a big fire in a bale of hay uh kind of in this like wooden crate type situation
1: mm-hmm.
0: and runs around the corner and watches what happens so um they run out to investigate the fire and he runs into the building and offers to help Gloria so he unties her restraints and tells her to keep her voice down. He kind of throws the ragged clothes she had back on her. And they run out of the shed. Uh, with her, He runs out with her on his shoulders.
1: Mm-hmm. And Seika at some point points her gun at the fire. <laughs> to put it out, presumably.
0: <laughs> so Hans is yelling at Ilsa Seika. And saying she must rep- make a report about her inadequacies that allowed this to happen and she will find out what happened or taste his whip they end up walking into the shed and find or they walk into the main building and find that gloria is missing so they're upset and then they run to the shed and both of the prisoners are gone yeah so hans yells that he wants them back alive uh they will pay with their lives or you will so we see Joe putting the women down under a tree and he talks about crossing a ravine and uh, putting some miles in between them. But
1: none of that matters. But
0: none of that matters because just as he's talking about it, uh, he gets a rifle pu- pointed at his head and Suki, the Japanese guard, uh, has a gun to him. So he's getting brought back to Hans by the blondes. Um. Once they make it in there, uh, Greta's feeling on him, and she says, he has a weapon. So Ilsa checks, and it's just his massive dong. Yeah. Hans laughs. They thought you had a gun down there. Pretty good joke, huh? Mm. Hans asks if he's American, and he says that he is, and he explains that we shipwrecked a week ago. So Hans asks where his friends are, because yeah. he said we.
1: Yeah, you said v. that uh, are they?
0: Joe says that he's alone, but Hans says, we'll see. Hans accuses him of being there to sabotage them. Joe explains that he wasn't. The whole outfit being there was just a bonus, as Joe explains it. Hans accuses Joe of setting the fire, but he denies it. Hans then explains that they're out there alone, and that if they don't amuse themselves, they'll go crazy. So Joe says, like torturing American women for amusement. <laughs> Hans talks, oh, American women, have you ever been with a German girl? Uh, He talks up their merits. They're so submissive and compliant. He says that uh, these two girls, being Ilsa and Greta, for example, want him. Ilsa punches him and knees him, and he kind of gets knocked to the floor. Hmm. Both Ilsa and Greta have their guns trained on him greta drops her shorts and pulls her uniform shirt off she still has kind of an undershirt on and ilsa demands that joe eat her uh, in reference to greta so he starts going down on her and ilsa gets undressed behind him other than her boots and her hat and then she yells at him to come over and as she puts it fuck me so Suki's watching from outside, and she's kind of bumping her crotch against He's her rifle of that stood up.
1: the rifle a little bit.
0: Yeah, she so, doesn't
1: seem safe, but this film doesn't focus on gun safety very often.
0: It really doesn't, and that's sad. This is an <laughs> opportunity to make a statement.
1: Yeah, they should have made it more like a training video.
0: I think that we should also note that Suki is like just like the fourth wheel here which should be a good thing but apparently you know is uh she's like the fourth wheel on a tricycle i guess
1: yeah she doesn't get she doesn't get to get involved with any of their nazi antics really
0: yeah like for the most part she doesn't really interact with them other than you know she was the one who found joe there and she does some things but like she seems to be operating almost independently of the germans
1: i think there's a language barrier i
0: think there the, may the be
1: germans have never bothered to address so she just decided to start doing her own thing
0: right but like they're they hang out inside and she's always outside she's i feel like she's being treated as a second class citizen Mm-hmm. but i mean i guess hans is in charge so he's probably just a racist uh joe starts fucking ilsa Meanwhile, Greta's masturbating as she watches, but both Ilsa and Greta still have their guns on him. Uh, Gre- Greta starts rubbing the handle of her pistol against her vagina.
1: Yes. Another gun safety no no.
0: Uh, Suki's outside, still rubbing her crotch, crotch on the rifle.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, eventually, Ilsa says, Don't you come in me, you American swine! <laughs> <laughs> So he pulls out and he comes on her belly. Yeah. Um, it's at that point that Greta finds his charm on the ground that uh, Su Li gave to him. She gives it to Hans. Uh, Hans says, what is this? A good luck charm, ya? Chinese good luck charm?
1: See, you said it was Japanese earlier. Hang on. Oh, sorry. So
0: they throw it outside and Suki picks it up. Suki, being Japanese, recognizes it as a Japanese charm.
1: Does she say that?
0: no. How but do you know? We'll, we'll, we'll okay. get to it later. I don't want to. So Hans explains it's good that Joe's a good sport, explaining that the rules of the Geneva Convention don't apply on the island. Mm-hmm. He explains that if he says eat, he will eat. If he says die, well, you understand.
1: Yeah. Hans runs a tight ship, kind of.
0: So they end up tying Joe back up in the uh, in the shed that the girls were tied up to earlier. He's tied to a pole next to Carol. Uh yes if everybody's all right. Um, they've been there for four days, apparently. They've beat them every day.
1: I, was gonna say, I did some timetable work. He says he's been there about a week
0: mm-hmm. before
1: he discovers the Nazis, and they've only been there about four days. Where did they come from?
0: You know, it, I'm not sure.
1: Do you think they were on the same ship? Maybe, as nurses, perhaps.
0: Perhaps.
1: Um, I'm, I'm, we don't know. They don't go into it at all.
0: Uh, they are identified later at the end as being uh, nurses or right uh, medical staff or yeah. whatever. But yeah, I don't know.
1: No, they don't. They don't. Bobchin was just like.
0: God maybe damn it. they've been on the island for more than four days, but they've don't only they been just... in ca- in captivity for four days.
1: Yeah. That's an idea. Bob Chen didn't really have time to deal with the specifics of the screenplay. He was busy keeping...
0: He wrote it one night and then was shooting it the next day.
1: And also having to deal with John Holmes' train wreck of a life. right?
0: So, um, Carol delivers the uh, racist line. They've always got that Jap out front guarding us. So, Suki walks in with food and smiles at joe he tries to talk to her in japanese um she just says eat good and tries to feed him rice but he refuses Mm -hmm. so she leaves and he notes to the girls that she smiled at him carol says she must like him and joe says that he may need to put that to good use the Blonde Nazis show up and uh, untie Carol and Joe and take them to the main building.
1: They've changed from like their like, day fatigues to like their SS uniforms. Oh, yeah. And I'm not really sure why, except that it's nightfall, so maybe they just decide to be formal after dark.
0: Maybe they consider this event that's about to take place a formal event. I guess so. Perhaps. So um, when they get there, Hans gives a speech. He says... You gave me a fright back there, and I don't like these frights. So this is going on. Uh, One of the soldiers is rubbing Carol's nipple with her gun barrel. Uh, Hans asks if Carol has met Joe's friend, the one down there. The soldiers pull out his dong. He says that she should meet him. We're all intimate friends. So Hans tells Carol she may touch it and suck it, but she's not moving. And then he slaps his desk with his crop and demands that she suck it. <laughs> so she grabs John Holmes's dick and starts to suck it.
1: Never entirely hard, as we discussed earlier. Right.
0: Uh, Hans puts on more Nazi music. And uh, Ilsa and Greta keep their guns on Joe. Uh, Ilsa's rubbing Carol's hair as she's blowing Joe. Uh, Hans is air conducting at his desk and watching. Uh, Joe's kind of just standing there with his arms crossed, kind of bored looking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Han seems frustrated and says, "That's enough." Uh, I think that he just didn't like the lack of enthusiasm going on. Yeah. So he says that he wants to see the girls and tells Joe to just stay there. He's sitting on a bed. So then we get Ilsa looking on Carol's chest while Greta has Carol. Ger- Carol has Carol Ger- has Carol yeah. at gunpoint. So, while this is going on, Hans is sitting over at a table eating something weird, like it's something out of a can he's smearing on a cracker, I think.
1: Yeah. I don't know what it was. I didn't pay enough attention to what he was eating.
0: So, Ilsa works her way down Carol's body, and Hans stands up and tells jo- Joe, don't worry, your turn will come. You didn't have some place to go, did you? And he erupts in laughter.
1: It's a good. It's funny.
0: So, Ilse is going down on Carol, Greta's sucking on Carol's nipples, and this is kind of going on for too long. Like, not too long for an actual sex act, but as a scene in a porn film, I feel like this went on for too long.
1: Yeah, I feel like that.
0: Um, so, finally, Hans stands up and says that he wants to see something else. So, he grabs Carol by the arm and picks her up. He throws Carol onto the desk, uh, face down. So she's bent over the desk. Mm. He tells Joe to come over and says that if he wants her to live, he'll put that thing in there. Yeah.
1: If you want her to live, you will put that thing in there.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> so Joe says sorry, and then he penetrates her and starts doing her doggy style over the desk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're operating with uh, John Holmes's dick, I feel like saying sorry in this case is very appropriate yeah uh even if it was completely consensual
1: <laughs> sorry it's a lot
0: so uh the Nazi the Nazi girls get drank and Hans continues to drink and watch uh Ilsa says to Gretel that if she's good she might get that Americans venison schnitzel <laughs> Hans says, hey American Frankfurter, turn her over and put the cum on her face.
1: Yeah, puts the cum on her face.
0: <laughs> um, so he has her lay on her back on the desk and kind of with her head laying uh, hanging off the desk. Uh, he puts the head of his cock in her mouth and slowly kind of thrusts a little bit, but mostly he's just kind of jerking it. He eventually pulls out and comes on her face. Uh, Hans... Uh, requests that he rub it in. So he rubs it in with his cock. Uh, Eventually, Joe erupts. You jerry bastard, I'm going to kill you. You and those dyke cunts of yours. So again, very uh, politically correct uh,
1: outbursts in this film. Yeah, this is what they said back in the old times. Uh, In the 40s. Yeah.
0: So Hans gets Suki to take Joe back to the shed. When she does, Gloria's laying uh, in the shed, but she closes her eyes pretending to be asleep. So Suki gives Joe's charm back to him and then starts kissing him. So we get to where Joe and Suki have this sex scene here. Mm -hmm. But the whole time, Joe's flashing back to his girlfriend.
1: Yeah. Um, He has what the medical community calls yellow fever. (laughs)
0: oh yeah
1: yeah in case you forgot because you didn't know
0: so they go at it while he keeps flashing back to his girlfriend Um, at one point Joe looks over to Gloria who catches his eye and then kind of looks from her over to Suki's rifle that's sitting by the door but nothing really happens so we get this sex and bass heavy jazzy stuff going on with this crazy yes. guitar solo going it's on a
1: jazz fusion kind of sound
0: he's going down on her while he's flashing back to the scene of him going down on Suli. uh there's a there's a part where he kind of kneels above suki's chest and she just kind of sucks his cock from the ground he ends up finishing inside of her uh like he did with Suli. yeah Uh, As he's kissing on Suki, you can see her wig sort of fall off. (laughs) Um, I saw that, and I I had to jump back and be like, did that just happen? And it definitely
1: happened. Oh yeah, all the time in pornography.
0: So we cut back, and Carol is leaned over the desk, uh, and Hans tells the girls to get her Yankee ass out of here. So Joe and Suki in the shed hear the other girls coming, so joe and suki somehow have enough time to get completely dressed and uh joe kind of gets back on the floor he's not tied up anymore but he's in the position like he's tied up Mm -hmm. so greta brings in carol and ties her back up and then she starts to give carol a drink when uh, she stops to softly kiss carol and then ilsa bursts in the door and throws the water in greta's face and the two start scuffling So, during the scuffle, Suki gets knocked to the ground, and as she gets up, she jumps in front of Ilsa's gun and gets shot. Yes,
1: everyone Joe loves dies.
0: Exactly. So, um, John sees her on the ground, bleeding from the mouth, and then just goes berserk. So, he runs forward and grabs Suki's rifle that's on the ground Mm -hmm. uh, and chases uh, Ilsa out of the building. He yells... Stop, you kraut bitch, or I'll blow your head (laughs) off. So he's firing wildly at Ilsa. She gets back into the main building with Hans, but along the way, either her bumping into something or Joe, just firing, knocks over this lantern. Mm -hmm. Um, But Hans is totally shit-faced, so he's useless at this point.
1: I feel that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then Greta gets up and runs into the burning building. Uh, and joe grabs the two prisoner girls and kind of runs just far enough to be at a safe distance and then we see the main building start exploding in a big way yes and uh this was surprising from a budgetary standpoint yeah. because it appears to be the same building with the flags and everything on it
1: yeah they blew up the, so they
0: uh they really blew it up
1: well, good for them this is a monument to hate and i'm glad it's gone from this world
0: exactly so joe drags the girls back towards the burning building and he's kind of examining the wreckage and we fade to black then we see an overhead shot of the island and then we get uh some text on the screen
1: Mm -hmm.
0: dateline march 2nd 1946 south pacific three years after the end of world war ii one american sailor two army nurses and five children were rescued from a remote South Pacific Island near the Philippines. No further details are available at this time. So in keeping with his style, John has not been pulling out. He's just been knocking no. up these girls yeah. for three years.
1: Um, or I three was three years past the war, at least right. The, th- um, the, the, I don't even know if you could produce that many children in three years, even between two women.
0: Five children? I mean, one of them would have had to have three, three and one would have, have two. two. But it, it says, I, to, to clarify, it's three years after the end of the war. We don't know exactly when this started.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, but the problem with, I was really distracted by the five children. The problem with that is,
0: uh huh,
1: is that, the date says they found them in 1946, but World War II ends in September of 1945.
0: You're right. Yes. You're right.
1: Yes. I the, didn't
0: uh, think about that.
1: No, they distract you with the children to, I feel like maybe it was a typo. They probably met 1948. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the war is over at about a year at the point. So maybe, I don't know, maybe they were there's triplets and two twins.
0: <laughs> Perhaps.
1: <laughs> yes. Or a set of twins because the twins is two if you set two twins that's four
0: so before we cut to credits we get watch for these new films coming from caribbean films nv gail palmer's ecstasy express and gail palmer's ribald tales of canterbury Ooh. and uh then we get our credits and that is the end of prisoner of paradise All right, so we will move on to our next segment here in a moment. Just hang on with us, and we'll be right back.
1: You should try perhaps a German girl sometime. You ever try a German girl? They have their high points too, you know. Cunning, intelligence, and obedience. They will do anything you want, like Ilsa and Greta here. And right now, my friend, it appears as they want
0: you. She was also, like, Miss Nude USA multiple years in a row.
1: Okay. It was the Harris twins that are in uh, Sorceress. Yeah, yeah. I don't... The just really threw me off, apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah,
0: um, Hypatia Lee, not in Sorceress. Not in
1: Prisoner of Paradise either.
0: Not in Prisoner of Paradise. She was uh
1: She was in the ribald Tales of Canterbury.
0: Yes, she was. Uh and uh a lot of other great films. She is uh delightful. Uh but Prisoner of Paradise, on the other hand, uh is another film under the Gail Palmer purview like uh the uh, aforementioned Canterbury tales. Mm -hmm. But as far as prisoner of paradise is concerned, uh, what do you say, Jeremy? I
1: had pretty mixed feelings on the film as a whole. Um, the first act seems to be dedicated more to, uh, John Holmes remembering his life before he was shipwrecked. Right. Um, and not much into the Nazi exploitation genre. Right. Right. Um, I think they could have introduced that a little bit earlier and had more fun with that because I think certainly that was the more exciting point of the film was having, uh, Elmo Levino and Seika and, uh, who was the Bryn-
0: Oh, Bryn- uh, Sue Carroll,
1: Sue Carroll. What a name, two first names. No, neither of them memorable. Um, I think they're Hogan's heroes like exploits as goofball Nazis was probably the most fun that the film got to be. Um, I could have watched, uh, Elmer, Elmo, Elm, Elmo. Elm, yeah. Elmo Lovino. Lovino. I could have watched him vamp around as a Nazi for probably another hour. Right. Uh, uh, ultimately I think, you know, just as we talked a little bit earlier, like it probably, it had a bit of a troubled production history. And I think that's reflected at least a little bit in the final outcome of the film. Uh, as I said, John Holmes doesn't seem super committed to his part as Rocco's modern life creator, Joe Murray. <laughs> um, I didn't even know Joe Murray was in world war two. And right. I certainly wasn't convinced after John Holmes played him <laughs> in a biopic. um, You know, it's definitely not the most amusing Bob Chin film I've seen. No. Uh, I'd say it has some tone problems, not enough to really tank the film, but just enough to not really leave you sure where it's going to end up, because also it does avoid, um, like we said at the beginning, a lot of the more grimy side of Nazi exploitation films, like they don't really show anyone getting whipped or yeah there's any kind of bizarre medical experiments or any really sort of torture
0: yeah Bob chin was he was dabbling in nazi exploitation mm-hmm. but he didn't really go all the way right this was no ilsa she-wolf of the ss yeah,
1: the ilsa in this film isn't as vicious as diane thorne by like is uh, it diane thorne yeah okay yeah by like any stretch of the imagination no um which in the end it makes it an amusing film, but not necessarily a very good film. Right. Uh, I was thankful it was uh, a fairly short film, since it didn't really seem to want to invest much in its plot overall. Right. Uh, but, you know, it was still enjoyable. Uh, there are a lot of silly, memorable lines, which I think, uh, if it's not an excellent movie, that's at least something that can recommend it. My
0: favorite part was when uh, Hans said that he would drink a mile of piss just to see her pussy.
1: I don't remember that part. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Maybe that was a different movie. Yeah,
1: I think that's a different movie. Um, <laughs> uh, he had some more, you know, he was more authoritative Yeah. than uh, old Larry. He was like, if you do not put that zing in her, she will die. <laughs> and puts the cum on her face, you know. Um,
0: I really liked him talking to Hitler. Yeah. It was fun.
1: I could have watched a whole movie that was just Hans, <laughs> to be honest.
0: I feel like, yeah, I feel like there could have been a, a great uh, prequel made. Maybe not a sequel. It looks <laughs> like he's very definitively dead at the
1: end. Yeah, their whole camp blew up.
0: But, you know, if those girls had only been there for four days, had there been other people at some point?
1: You know, you don't really know. Mostly it seems like they were just monitoring radio communications, which I guess that's good for the Nazis.
0: I don't know. We're going to have to make
1: but, a prequel to this. But I'm glad John Holmes blew it up and helped the war effort.
0: Yeah. He he killed some Nazis. And uh, as much as it shouldn't be a political statement to say this, but fuck Nazis.
1: Yeah, we don't need them. Get rid of them.
0: Exactly. Uh, I think that our prequel to this film, we should get uh, Steve to play Hans.
1: Mm, Yeah, he would be a great Hans.
0: Yeah, he would. I don't know if he can do a German accent.
1: I'm sure with enough coaxing we could get one out of him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't have to be particularly good.
1: No, as we've seen.
0: Yeah, just Just a a cartoony...
1: The bare minimum. Something
0: readable is a German accent.
1: Yeah. Like, you know that's what he's going for, at least. I don't know how mine sounds. I feel like it kind of slips into French as well. Yeah. It's kind of Austrian. I'm from, like, Vienna. <laughs> uh,
0: so, yeah. I, I personally have also kind of mixed feelings about this. I feel like Bob Chin is at his best with his... More comedic films. Um, there's just he does a really good job of catcher, capturing a fun tone in his films. Mm-hmm. Even his not quite Pizza Girl level films are still pretty fun when they're more on the comedic set, yeah. comedic well, end of things.
1: Like you know, like the we watched Young Like It Hot, right? Was that the one about the phone sex lines, or was that Sweet Young Foxes?
0: I don't think we watched it together. I think that I watched it alone, but I know that you've watched it.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't remember. It's I got gonna... it to you
0: on. I got it to. I got it for you on DVD.
1: Yeah. Yes, you did. Um, I can't remember who I watched it with, but I definitely watched it with another human. Oh, okay. There was someone else it's in the a, room. It's
0: a great film. It's one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, we'll have to get to that one pretty soon. Yeah. and Really.
0: Really dig the... in.
1: Yeah, Bob Chen's great
0: yeah he's a he's a stand-up gentleman
1: like this isn't even a bad film like the comedy parts of it with the nazis are funny yeah yeah um i just don't know that like the first part of it really melds really well with the second part up until the the third act where you have to kind of have that
0: yeah the first act is just all a lot of morose uh, thinking about how miserable everything is yeah. his girlfriend's dead his no ship one, got blown up and there's, there's no one for him
1: to cream pie on the island there's
0: nobody to cream pie on the island <laughs> the second act is nazi wackiness mm-hmm. and then the third act is tying those two things together kind somewhat of, yeah. successfully but not completely
1: yeah it but
0: did. you know it happens. It's okay.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. Overall, I can't really.
0: Yeah, I mean, play like,
1: too much. I was entertained the whole way through, so.
0: Yeah, it, it kept my attention. The acting was not bad. hmm Um, and you know,
1: uh, even the bad acting was good. Really. Right.
0: Yeah. It was a fun time. Hans stole the show for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ilsa and Greta are fine. The two prisoner girls don't really have any personality.
1: No, they just kind of. I think they might. At least one of them. I think that was the only film she was in. Yeah, I think so. I, don't know, I think maybe Brenda Varga. I think that was her like one role.
0: because yeah. she didn't
1: really find. She just wanted the she just wanted the Hawaii vacation.
0: Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> probably what it was. Um, but yeah, it's kind of just like a very solid middle of the road porno Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like there's nothing wrong with it it's just not necessarily as uh exciting as other films right it doesn't have the uh it doesn't have the arty uh mystery of a corruption or the uh big production values of a dixie ray hollywood star right um but it is uh it's it's a fun little movie that's worth seeing once for sure. Yeah. Maybe a couple times. Maybe, yeah. you know, you see it once and then a couple years later you're like, oh, I'll watch that
1: again. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not too bad.
0: Yeah. Uh, any final words on Prisoner of Paradise?
1: Um. Don't join the Navy unless you're ready to be shipwrecked on an island with a bunch of Nazis.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Prisoner of Paradise was released on DVD by Vinegar Syndrome and then it was re-released on Blu-ray as part of uh, their their Five Films Five Years collection on Volume 1. It's on the same collection as Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls and uh, Dixie Ray Hollywood Star, uh, along with also The Rival Tales of Canterbury and uh, Too Naughty to Say No. So it's a, it's a nice collection, but it's out of print, and nowadays we'll run you a pretty penny to get a hold of. So maybe just buy the DVDs of them, but either way, uh, it's, a, it's a nice little satisfying thing to watch. Um, so once again, follow us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report. Email us at raincoatreport at gmail.com. One more time, this is Boss alongside Jeremy. Thanks, everybody, for helping us keep 42nd Street alive. And don't forget your raincoat. Fuck Nazis. Yes, fuck Nazis. (laughs)